We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, listen up, Rotor Grinders. It's the Ownership Report, week number five, NFL DFS. My name is Chris Germino, Ownership Projection Analyst for Rotor Grinders, and joining me for week number five to go over the numbers is Mr. Tuttle 05, Dan Gasper. Dan, this is the time of week where we get to take the ownership information that we've collected from early in the week, all the projections, all the shows that have given takes on ownership, crumple that up in our hands in a ball and throw it directly in the trash. What is your absolute favorite reason to not look at ownership early in the week as somebody who has started to help in aiding ownership process mostly for mlb so far i'm going to be doing more with nba but um it's very 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 difficult to get a refined look early in the day for mlb and early in the week for nfl there's just so much revolving news especially on a week like this we have so many uh, key players on the injury report this week. I think some of those guys are token injuries um, where they don't actually have injuries and they're going to play, but still that affects ownership. Um, so, you know, I was talking before to you before I was doing about doing the show, the swole cast early Wednesday, early Wednesday. It, it's just, there's not going to be a truly accurate reflection of, of ownership or projected ownership, no matter how hard you try or how, how much time you put into it. Of course, there's no harm in looking at the fantasy point projections and coming up with an idea of who might be strong plays and therefore trying to ascertain whether or not they'll be highly owned. But there's simply no way to know, for example, that you know, it would be exactly Sterling Shepard out and not Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay or you know, the, whether or not George Kittle. And actually, you know, we thought George Kittle might actually try to give it a go this week. Looks like he's yep. going to be out. These are just some of the reasons why waiting until the end of the week to make your hard and fast decisions on ownership and really how popular players are going to be. Uh, you don't want to get those biases baked in too deep early in the week. Devin, without further ado, let's fire up the RG ownership model and get into the week number five numbers so we can start to figure out what's going on here in the National Football League DFS landscape for week five. Okay, so quarterback position. On DraftKings, it looks pretty tight in between Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones for most popular play. Based on the numbers that I ran last night, what are you looking at between these three guys? Are these the three most popular guys, and do you have a favorite among them, if that's true? They are the three most popular, yes. Do I have a favorite among them? 
Not really. And I think all are completely fadeable for their various reasons. Um, Trey Lance, who we have projected as the highest owned currently, I do think that's how it's going to roll. We haven't seen a whole lot of him, right? We know he just really doesn't like he, he's still struggling throwing the ball, um, which is fine because we can still use his rushing points, which is kind of the thesis behind the play. We think he's going to have, you know, they're going to run the ball more often with Trey Lance. He'll be in read options, that sort of thing. Um, but there is a true floor here with, with Lance for sure. Um, this game could very quickly get ugly, especially without George Kittle now, who you mentioned before. Um, so Kittle not only is a good receiving option, but he's also an excellent blocker uh, for the rushing attack. So no Kittle. I could see Lance. Like I, I understand the appeal of Lance. I'll have shares of Lance, but he truly does have a, a pretty uh, low floor. As far as Dak Prescott goes, we've seen the the issue with him. He was hyper efficient last week, uh, but I think he's topped out at 25 passing attempts over the last three weeks. Um, the the Cowboys, we, we were kind of happy seeing them in week one, thinking they're going to be a, a, an extremely pass-heavy team throughout the entire season. Turns out they maybe aren't. Um, they're going to kind of be opponent-based and, and play uh, or call plays based on, you know, they're actually being smart, which probably didn't really think would happen with the Mike McCarthy-led team. Uh, but they are, you know, calling game plans, uh, opponent-specific game plans, which has helped, which has kept Dak uh, intact or in, in check, I should say. So Prescott's ceiling has not been there either. And we need to, he needs to run into a matchup that truly unlocks the passing upside. I'm not saying it's not this week with the Giants, but if you just go off the last three weeks of data, like the upside is certainly capped there. Yeah, against the Chargers, Eagles, and Panthers, no more than 27 pass attempts for Dak, no more than 238 yards, certainly nothing close to what we saw in week one. However, if you start to build teams, it's real easy to fall into Dak and to Daniel Jones because you're going to have two easy double stacks. So the double stack for New York Giants is very cheap. The double stack for the Cowboys is very highly projected from a median fantasy points perspective. So that game stack is going to be quite popular here. Uh, whether or not you think it's fadeable in tournaments, you certainly can expect to have lots of friends along with you for the ride. Uh, you know, I have Kyler Murray as the next highest owned quarterback, but I think the problem that I have with this projection that I really want to get your opinion on is, you know, it's difficult to make that stack with the guys that you were going to want if you are going to run it with a bring back. Let's say you went on drafting specifically, you want Kyler Murray. And then if you try to get DeAndre Hopkins, you're already going to put yourself in a little bit of a corner because it's going to be difficult to get Debo on the backside. If you take one of the lower guys, then you're getting into a situation where the target share is a little bit less predictable. Uh, the bring backs on the San Francisco side start to get limited really quickly. Once you get past uh, Debo Samuel, you're looking at like, what, Dwelly or something? So it, it's really a difficult stack to make. Do you think we'll see uh, Kyler Murray full game stacks this week, or are we going to be looking at more solo skinny stacks and other uh, less correlated action? I think less correlated action. I think I think the stack you'll see is Trey Lance paired with somebody, bring it back with Hopkins. You won't necessarily see it the Kyler side. Um, you mentioned it, price tag is the pro prohibitive factor here. And, and you mentioned if you want to do it with Hopkins, it's even more difficult. Um, Chase Edmonds, who we might want to do it with, is he's got one of those uh, game time decision tags, uh, which is going to be difficult with him being on uh, playing in one of the late games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Murray, I would not be surprised if he came in even lower than what we have projected. Yeah. Uh, again, because we're like Devonte Adams going to soak up ownership. Derek Henry going to soak up ownership. Playing all three of those guys together is not very easy to do. 
he's one of the top projected players on the whole slate. So it's, it's natural that, you know, the modeling that we'll use is going to want to expect him to be owned, but now you take a look at that, this, you know, this factor of correlation built in here, and it's a little bit more difficult to see him getting as I'm sure he'll be, he'll have some ownership, especially on FanDuel. FanDuel is probably a different story. It's still, it's still reasonably tight on that site as far as the price is concerned. But I think uh, the 8,500 price tag, not quite as prohibitive as the 8,000 on DraftKings. Now, uh, getting down the list here before we wrap up and move on to the other positions. I think Tom Brady might be the only other quarterback that truly qualifies as, you know, chalky even a little bit here. And it's only because, you know, I don't, the combinations of receivers that you're going to get here with Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, to a lesser extent, Mike Evans, uh, they're on they're on the cheaper side. And I think you can maybe, you know, make a, a quality stack with this. The problem is the bring back. And the problem is, you know, are people really going to expect this game to be pass heavy for the Buccaneers? We're, what, are you, what are you doing with Tom Brady? Number, you know, is he also in this Kyler Murray category of potentially overprojected from an ownership standpoint? I think so, yes. And playing into that is the fact that Fournette's going to be chalked this week. Um, yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, they're they're not a, a they're not a like it's fine to pair them together, but it's, it's not a natural pairing to pair Fournette and, and Tom Brady together. Uh, so I think that will drive Brady's ownership down quite a bit. Like it, it's tough to predict blowouts, but I truly expect this game to be an, a massive blowout, uh, which, you know, we've talked about the importance of having a bring back on the other team, something to force the ceiling games out of some of these ho- other high priced players. Um, we could be looking at a spot where Brady's just not suited, uh, just not playing in the fourth quarter for sure here. Yeah, I think we've, we've got a challenge here with Giovanni Bernard coming back. And that challenge is, you know, what's what's that really going to mean for, for Uncle Lenny in terms of his uh, his his receiving work? So, I mean, that that sort of raises an eyebrow using him in a stack. I, I'm not that people are really all that enthusiastic about pairing Tom Brady with Leonard Fournette anyway, but it just takes away one cheaper stack partner. Uh, to maybe lower that ownership a little bit. And I expect that if I try to run this again, I might try to bias that down just a little bit. Now, the rest of the guys pretty much that you're going to come across, do you see there anybody on this list here that you can expect to qualify as remotely chalky enough to highly consider their ownership as a factor in your lineup construction? Other than the super low on guys, of course. No, no, no nobody's pushing ownership where I really care. And, and we get that a lot at the quarterback position, right? Other than the top three guys or whatever it's just don't worry about ownership at the quarterback position as a whole. If you're worrying about ownership, it's worrying about more of the collective stack as a whole. Right. So no, I'm not going to worry about Kirk cousins ownership, but maybe I'll worry about pairing Kirk cousins with Justin Jefferson because that could end up being a popular play. Or maybe I worry about pairing Justin Herbert with, with Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen's really cheap on, on DraftKings. Um, But in in terms of just one offs or singular ownership, no, not worried at all. Yeah, Darnold, Herbert, uh, Cousins, Hertz uh, are the guys that I think are probably going to have the best chance to be owned outside of the original uh, top five guys. But I don't think we're going to be really that concerned individually with the quarterback ownership as a lineup. As you said, you know, some of those some of those guys are going to be more popular than others in stack situations. Now, at the running back position, you know, once again, I mentioned this, you know, every week when we talk about dudes like Derrick Henry. Tuttle, on Thrive Fantasy, you don't have to worry about the guys down the lane. We, you know, we don't really have to spend as much time worrying about Giovanni Bernard's status, you know, all these other projections. When we go to prop up on thrivefantasy.com, uh, we're doing it with the intention of 
doing it with player props and not fantasy points. And that means they're only going to use the top guys. In fact, 20 of the available players are going to be on the list this week. You have to choose 10 of them and build your prop lineup. They're going to be assigned a value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Uh, hit the most props and you're going to rack up the most points, obviously, and win your share of the prize pool. Use promo code GRINDERS at Thrive Fantasy. Tell, tell your family, thrivefantasy.com. Get up there and sign up and use the promo code GRINDERS and they'll receive 100% instant first deposit bonus on their action, up to 250 bucks. Uh, they can also download the Thrive Fantasy app uh, you know, on the Apple store or the play store, and you can visit thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prep up today. Now, Derrick Henry, going to be popular. Is he going to be more popular than 25%? Because quite frankly, the running back position isn't loaded with great options. Uh, the salary cap's pretty tight. That's probably the only thing holding him back. Talk about it. Derrick Henry, is he going to be the chalk? Yes. Um, 100% the chalk. Like I, I found myself trying to take the more balanced approach with lineup building. And it's just like, man, he, he's going to smash. Um, it's just a matter of if he smashes enough to make the lineup construction, the optimal lineup construction. So again, if you're fading Henry, it's not like, Hey, I think Derek Henry's a bad play this week. I don't think he's going to get 30 points this week. There are scenarios as crazy as it sounds where Derek Henry scores 30 points and it's just not optimal because he's $9,000. Um, but people will see, Hey, such a great spot. We're going to jam him in. So yeah, he's going to be the highest owned for sure. And it's a, it, it really is a mental hurdle to, to fade somebody like this that's getting the work that he is. I don't know if the touchdown props over there on Thrive Fantasy, but, you know, Derrick Henry, as likely as anyone in the world to score a touchdown uh, on this particular Sunday against the Jaguars here, I, I would actually be more surprised if he doesn't score. I think really what's at stake here is, you know, is he going to get that target share he's been getting this year? Is he going to get over the 100-yard bonus? Uh, pretty likely on the latter, not as sure about the former. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But Derrick Henry, definitely uh, not, I'm not going to dissuade anyone from playing him, even though we normally do like to say, hey, don't play Derrick Henry when he's the chalk. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult in these kind of spots where it's just so, so likely that he's going to put up fantasy points. Um, Najee Harris hasn't been as likely to put up fantasy points and the matchup is certainly nothing to get excited about here against Denver. However, the role and the role in the passing game specifically for DraftKings makes him very difficult to ignore. Do you think he's going to be popular? And if so, are you going to actually going to lean in this direction in, in a tougher matchup? He will be popular. I will probably not have a ton of him. And it's not because I don't think he's a good play. Um, some of it is matchup based, right? I, I try not to weigh matchups too heavily, but the reality is this game could just be so ugly. Um, very, very low scoring. And like, is he going to continue to run into close to double digit targets on a, on a, on a weekly basis? Uh, probably not. Um, so yeah, I, I'm unlikely to be overweight on the field here. I'll, I'll have some of him and I think he's, a, he's a fine play. Uh, it's just matchup driven. I'm, I'm probably going to be underweight here. Yeah. We also can't afford nice things, especially, you know, if, you, if you're playing Derek Henry, it's going to be a little bit harder to get them. I mean, you can get, you can make this happen. It's just, you know, there's, there's some considerations at play here with the 6.9 price tag on DraftKings. Uh, also uh, costs a decent amount over on FanDuel at 7.3. Although I would say that that is significantly better than the price you are getting on DraftKings. So maybe expect him to be more owned on that site now. Okay. Let's talk about the, the cheaper options here. They're, they're not dirt cheap, but we got James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, Damian Williams checking in on DraftKings as a cheap. Damian Williams, by the way, on FanDuel, if you're playing over there, just go ahead and get him in the lineup. Uh, 5.8 
over there. Should be extremely, extremely popular. What's going on here is David Montgomery's out. So you're, you can expect him to be one of the higher owned guys on that site. But on DraftKings, not as much. That being said, those four cheap guys, do you have a favorite? Of those four cheap guys, it probably is James Robinson. Um, he ran into a bigger workload than expected last week with Carlos Hyde being this surprise inactive. Um, and Hyde's kind of mixed in and out in terms of how big is or sizable of a role he has. Um, but I think Robinson is still going to have the majority of the, the work here, back backfield work for the, the Jaguars. So he is my favorite. My least favorite, which you did not ask, but I feel compelled to tell you about is because you like him on, on FanDuel and he is, he is so super cheap. Damian Williams would be the guy. Um, theoretically, great play. But we've seen it many times before where we assume that a player is going to step into some sort of huge role that his predecessor was in. So we're kind of assuming he's going to jump into a David Montgomery role. Um, I think that's the most likely scenario to happen. Um, I don't think they're going to give Khalil Herbert, the rookie, a lot of work, but it's definitely within the range of outcomes. So if you think Williams is going to be extreme chalk, I would advocate fading him. He's coming in currently where it's like, he's not that way. He's not projecting his extreme chalk. He, it's kind of like a whatever play for me. Uh, but if, if it was a week where he was coming in north of 20%, I would probably be more inclined to fade him. And so I'm guessing I'm bringing FanDuel ownership up right now. He's probably closer to that 20% mark on FanDuel. Oh, he's higher. Uh, yeah. 28%. So yeah, if you're fading him, he's a much st stronger fade on FanDuel. Like he's the other thing to notice here, like goal line work, especially um, Justin Fields. We have now, we actually have a rushing quarterback that could take some of that goal line work. Um, Herbert could this, this, the goal line is where I would be most afraid of Herbert mixing in, honestly. Um, so like in, in FanDuel, you don't get those points per reception either. So I, I think he is a pretty strong candidate to go underweight on just because I think there's, much more uncertainty in that unsituate in that situation than the general public or the consensus is uh, alluding to. Let's save a take on this for a little bit later in the show when we get into our low owned options segment. But yes, I, uh, I, I don't love Damian Williams. I don't hate him. I just sort of there for me and we'll see how lineup construction goes as I go to finish up the rest of my lineups this weekend. Uh, the other expensive guys that are towards the top of this list, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Austin Eckler are the three guys that I think are going to be the most popular for good reason. Those are the guys that have the, the quality roles, I'll call them, in fantasy football as of now that are available on this slate. Uh, is there a particular favorite for you among the rest of those sort of second, next, you know, next in line expensive options? So from a role standpoint, it, I mean, it has to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's the guy that's going to get the majority of the backfield work for uh, the Giants. And he's stepped up his game as a pass catcher too. And he's more relevant as a pass catcher with all the injuries that they have there. Um, so Barkley definitely has the best and most reliable role. I think uh, Eckler is intriguing to me. He came, he had his first career rush on 100 yard rushing game. Uh, but last week he's still, I think um, Roundtree and Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson's now doubtful for this week. I don't think he's suiting up, but still they combined for 14 carries last week. And I believe Eckler had 15 that's fine. And Danny, like Eckler still has a, a good enough role. Eckler still has goal line work or is going to most likely get the goal line work. He still works in as a pass catcher, but as that price continues to creep up, 
it definitely gets more fragile um, on, on ways he can get there at that price tag. Uh, so Eckler is probably my least favorite. Kamara would be the guy that would, I don't love it because I, I don't think it's a great rushing matchup. Um, and he had zero targets last week. Derek Henry has more targets what than him on going the season. On? It's, it's, it's quite unbelievable, but I also think this could be a spot where people overreact. People see the, Hey, he got zero targets. Like that's not going to be his role. I know his role in general has, has been pretty terrible this season in the passing game, but maybe we see a shift this week. Um, I don't want to assume that, but if he's going to come in a little bit lower owned, I would be fine taking some shots at that. Uh, so I, I will be most intrigued of this trio to see where Kamara comes in because I, I want to see if people are selling on him at this point. Yeah, it, it's 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 intriguing that uh, the targets are really not quite as high this season as we would have expected given the situation there for Kamara. But Yahoo, what what doing with uh, Saquon Barkley at twenty three bucks? By the way, uh, go ahead and if and consider Saquon Barkley. He's going to be popular as a result of that, obviously. But you know, this is one of those situations where the price tag is basically demanding. Uh, that you take a look here at 23 bucks because that's quite frankly about, I don't know, maybe $10 in, too, inex, too inexpensive for him. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely cheap. So you can go ahead and get uh, Saquon Barkley over on Yahoo. All right. Any other takes here as far as the chalk uh, running backs are concerned? Nobody else that I see on this list stands out. Uh, sh- shout out to Chuba Hubbard, by the way, who got, and pl- I think he played zero third down snaps last week. I didn't see, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the exact tally, but I, I saw that they had uh, the you know Rodney Smith out there on third down. So if he's not going to be involved in the passing game, we can definitely throw out the window the idea that he's Christian McCaffrey. Would you agree with that? Like, yeah, hundred percent. I don't, I don't think it's unfair to have his projection pretty low here in week number five from an ownership perspective. Uh, by the way, any other takes here? Swift is the most intriguing of the guys that we haven't talked about in terms of like when I first opened this slate, um, started looking, I think it was Monday. I was like, Oh, Swift's going to be just the, the chalk. Um, and I don't think he will be, uh, we have him still with a healthy ownership projection here. Um, but I don't think he's going to be like massive chalk and we've kind of had like, he's got the injury tag going in. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's, he's, I think he's had the Q tag every week so far this season. So it is kind of whatever at this point. Um, but TJ Hawkinson is leaning more like actually questionable. If Hawkinson's unable to go, where are they going to throw the ball? Right. Um, they just have no Quintez Cephas Tuttle. I mean, <laughs> my boy, where's Quintez Tom, Cephas. where's the accountant, Tom, the, the, Tom Kennedy sounds like your accountant, uh, according to Alex Dunlap at roster watch. Uh, yeah. Are we going to see Tom Kennedy out there? Like who are they going to throw it to? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, certainly, it, sir, it, so, you know, I think they have a, a pretty, you know, low level tight end behind, uh, Hawkinson. So, Yep. You know, that situation, Alizé Mack, is he still on the team? He was there in preseason. I know that, but um, yeah, not much going on. I don't know who their backup tight end is. Yeah, well, that's what, that's the situation. So the point is, DeAndre Swift is going to be in line for a prominent role in the passing game, I assume. Yeah. All right, let's get on to talking about some of the wide receivers on this slate. Uh, these are the kind of wide receivers at the top of this board but, that you can go ahead and bring right on over to the DFS OGs league, that's where you can go and play against guys like Beer Makers fan, Headshot, Notorious. That's going to be on FanDuel Tuttle. So if you want to go ahead and play against those guys and beat their asses, get onto the front page of Roto Grinders, sign up for the DFS OGs league, get your share of the prize pool. Uh, here in week number five, Devontae Adams will probably be pretty 
popular in that particular contest. He's 8.2 on DraftKings, and I have him as the highest owned wide receiver. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, his target share is above 30 at this point in time, as far as our projections are concerned. I think that's correct, and I think this ownership's correct. Are you going to be playing Devontae? Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a pretty strong take on him last week. I'm not like kind of disappointed last week. What did he even finish with? I was at a wedding all week, but I know it was, yeah, six for 64, uh, scoreless. <sighs> Whatever. You mentioned it, 30% target share. He's going to get so many, like, I love him. Um, and I, I will have plenty of him. And I, I like both sides of this game. I think, I looked at the totals to start the week and was a little bit surprised at how I was kind of hoping this game would go under the radar a bit. And I don't think it will um, because it is a pace down spot. Like neither game, neither team plays extremely fast. Um, But if Joe Mixon is unable to suit up, I do think we're looking at a spot where both passing attacks just drop back a decent amount. And I think that both will be super efficient. Um, So I like both sides of this game. I like Devonta Adams. I like T Higgins. I like Jamar chase. Tyler Boyd, the guy I'm probably leaving out of the, the, the stacks and the bringbacks, and he's probably the guy that's going to go for 100 yards, two touchdowns, but he's he's the guy I find myself leaving out the most. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely when I start to build, um, you know, set up the stack settings in lineup HQ and run, you know, give me two guys from one team, one guy from the other team. Uh, I'm getting more stacks with the Burrow side of this with two of theirs receivers bringing it back with Devontae than I am mm-hmm. getting – you know, a couple of Packers, because let's face it, you know, you're talking about Tunyon, Aaron Jones, uh, and then, you know, Randall Cobb, one baby. yeah, okay. Yeah, you <laughs> you have fun with Randall Cobb. He's not scoring again this week. Uh, is You know, I was going to make a dumb bet, but let's just say that I'm confident that we won't see more Randall Cobb this week, and we will see probably plenty of Devontae Adams, which is why he'll be the most popular wide receiver yeah. on the slate. He's going to score. Okay, now we talked earlier about this C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, situation and to a lesser extent, we've got Kadarius Tony at 4K and Kenny Galladay at 5.9. That whole Dallas New York Giants game should find a lot of wide receivers in people's lineups here. Do you have any words of caution or any words of encouragement for this particular strategy? Because you know, there's definitely like, like a knife's edge here where it could go either way. For me, I love CeeDee Lamb. Tell me what you're thinking about these guys. I love C- I can't quit CD Lamb, um, even though it's been bad. It's, it, it, it hasn't been a fun ride. The big issue here is we talked about, or I, we talked about uh, Dak Prescott's lack of volume over the last three weeks, and that has crushed both CD and Amari Cooper, really, especially with Dalton Schultz being the guy that's randomly popped off. Um, Dalton Schultz isn't going to continue to pop off. He's not, he's not that good. Um, CD's going to get his, Amara's going to get his. Uh, it's just a matter of if they can do it in the same game or not. At this point, it seems uh, less likely than more likely, but um, I like CD over Amari. Amari has all those injuries. I thought I played CD last week and I thought, hey, Amari goes down, CD's going to get funneled. Amari oh, comes boy. back, scores the touchdown. Not fun. Um, in terms of the giant side of the ball, I do think if you're making stacks to this game, um, and it, it's showing in the ownership here. I, I do think Kenny Galladay is going to be the lesser owned Giants wide receiver. Like he'll be lower owned than, than Evan Ingram. He'll be lower owned than Kadarius Tony. Uh, so he is a guy that if I'm making stacks of this game, I actually kind of want to prioritize Kenny Galladay over Tony because I do I do think Galladay's role is better overall too. Um, and the price tag is just what's driving the ownership down a little bit. Yeah, I think it depends where you're playing because he's 6.2 on FanDuel. So 300 bucks yeah. more expensive than DraftKings. That's not enough. And then on Yahoo, he's 18 bucks. 
So those two particular sites, Galladay, not, I mean, he's priced based, basically based on his performance this year instead of what we think his median performance will be. You know, he's got three games that are lackluster, just just the last game where it looked like himself at all. Uh, if he had done that 17.6, he'd be more expensive on those two other sites. So I think he'll get some more ownership there. But you're exactly right on DraftKings. You know, Kadarius Tony is 4K. Uh, this is a spot where we saw him sort of emerge last week, nine targets. I guess that's something to get excited about here for the young player. And they're going to be missing some options again. So, yeah, I, like it's, it seems pretty clear that, you know, Tony's going to be the guy more owned than Galladay for the Giants. Now, you mentioned Keenan Allen earlier in the show. Talk about this situation, 6.5. You know, there was some speculation that maybe Mike Williams is the number one here. Doesn't seem to be the case from my perspective. 6.5 seems too cheap. Are you going to be able to play him in this tougher matchup with Cleveland? Yeah, 100%. And I don't, I honestly don't think it's that tough of a matchup either. Um, we've seen Cleveland the last couple of weeks. They were, they, they performed better defensively. Obviously, the pressure is the biggest issue here. Um, but Herbert's actually performed pretty well. Um, I don't have his metrics in front of me under pressure, but I, I know they're, they're actually pretty strong. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not afraid to play Keenan Allen at this price tag. I do think he's wide receiver one. He clearly has the safest volume uh, in this passing attack. So I, I, I like Keenan Allen quite a bit. I was hoping his ownership would come in uh, at a lower, at a lower point because I, I do think he's a very good play this week. I was unsure last week about some of these cheaper options that were going down the board here as far as whether or not they would be owned namely Curtis Samuel was the biggest question mark I had he ended up getting some run last week and he's still 3k again this week uh, my concern here is that with how kind of tight the pricing is on DraftKings here is Curtis Samuel going to creep up the board the way I have it here to you know into the mid-teens or higher just to help make that roster construction effort a little bit easier because they're missing guys on offense. They're not going to have Diamond Brown. They're not going to have Logan Thomas. And 3K just seems really cheap. Uh, is, am I under-projecting Curtis Samuel here, or is this about right for what we can expect in week five? I think it's probably about right. Um, do you know what, what he came in at exactly last week or close enough to what it was? I looked it up quickly, but if you want to talk about just as far as whether you think he's going to get any production, we got, I think that's the real key because we don't even have to have this conversation if we think he's going to get – you know, four or more targets like you got last week. He's been questionable all week. So I think that's the, that's the main yeah. thing here, but three K is just too cheap for where we, w I would have projected him before the season started. I would have projected him way above this level in terms of fantasy production uh, if he was fully healthy. So I think one thing that's going to keep his ownership in check is Ricky Seals Jones is probably going to be chalk at, at tight end at 2,500. Uh, that opens up a lot of, not only does that open up salary a lot on DraftKings, allows you to, to work different ways, but it also like people aren't even, even though it's extremely cheap, even though they're only 5,500 combined, people don't want to necessarily pencil in two offensive pieces from the Washington football team in the same lineup. Uh, so like, I, I do think Ricky Seals Jones projected ownership will push Curtis Samuel's ownership down a little bit. Um, this is probably pretty close to what we have. And really it's a, it's just all about if, if he sees an expanded role or not. I mean, assume he will continue to see an expanded role uh, for targets. Like you said, he's even good enough almost at this price point to open up things. Um, but I, I think this, this projection is pretty accurate. He was 12% in the wildcat uh, last week. So that's a, that's a pretty good indication that people were not sleeping on it to say the least. And now we've got a whole nother week here to 
to sit on the news and really make something out of it. A couple other players out of the lineup. I think he'll be pretty popular here this week. Um, as will Jacoby Myers. I mean, this is a name that we haven't really spoken that much about this year, but target shares there, 5.6. If people are going to follow the projections, they're going to own them. Are people going to follow their fantasy point projections and put them in the lineup? I think so. And he's super cheap on FanDuel too. I think he's like 5'8 there or something. Um, yeah, I, I think people will will follow those projections. And they just see Houston too. Um, the only thing that I would worry about ownership-wise, I think kind of like the, the thought processes or what I've heard the most of is Damien Harris being touted, right? Um, so per, perhaps that drops his ownership a little bit, but I, I don't think enough to, to matter at all. Yeah, always tough to get behind the early down back in New England because – you know, once a year, there's going to be the fourth touchdown game or whatever, the LeGarrette Blunt style pounding when you don't have them. But most of the time, you're going to get a fairly modest upside with those guys. Uh, but Jacoby Myers uh, heard this stat someplace this week, uh, not not really getting in the end zone all that much in his career. How many times? Never. <laughs> are, yeah, yeah that, zero times. That was, uh, that was shocking to me, especially since yeah. I know he scored in preseason. So, man. Can we get this guy in the end zone this week? Houston's probably a good spot to try that. Uh, definitely on the New England Patriots passing game a little bit, at least from the standpoint of the two wide receivers this week. Uh, Myers being way more popular. Another guy we'll mention later, not quite as popular. Okay, Debo Samuel, 7.1. We Curtis, I'm sorry, uh, DJ Moore is 7.5. Both of these guys have had huge seasons so far. Are we going to see the ownership to follow here in week five? That's the way we're projecting it now. Yes. Um, I do think Moore's role is the most stable, especially with the, the new quarterback change coming in. Um, like I, I really think, and less so this week since Kittle's out, but I wrote last week in the, in the grind down, you can check that out on rotogrinders.com. Um, and I wrote the same thing this week. Like I think, ideal world for Kyle Shanahan is just run, 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 uh, limit what his quarterbacks can do um, in terms of throwing the ball because they, he doesn't want to throw the ball a whole lot. And that really is going to make it hard for Debo on a weekly basis to see the volume. Uh, he's seen the volume so far this season, uh, but I really do strongly feel that like 10 targets a week thing is not going to happen very often for him. Um, and so at, at his price tag at 7,100, if he's, you know, coming in where we have him projected, I think he's a pretty strong uh, tournament fade for sure. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a, a lean towards him in those stacks with Trey Lance. So you're going to start, you know, you're going to start to at least see the lineup start the same way when you get a Trey Lance lineup most of the time. And as far as how you finish it, uh, not as many ways to stay the same there. So I, you know, I'm not that worried about a Debo Samuel stack from an, from a unique lineup perspective. But uh, as far as whether or not he can continue the run, I think that's a different question. Uh, I love Debo, so I'm not going to be fading him in full, but I do understand where you're coming from there. Okay, last question here before we get on to the tight ends. Are there any other guys down past this 13% mark that you think have a chance to creep up the board and really give us something to think about uh, as far as whether or not we should be considering them as fades? I don't think anyone will steam high enough where you have to consider fading. I do think guys like AJ Brown could see a little increase in ownership. Um, I, I like, I would not be surprised if Jamar chase also some of these Cincinnati guys that we're talking about 
um, their price tags just stick out to me is, is attractive. And you mentioned it, you go to a lineup builder, you type in, you know, stack finder, and those are the guys that are popping. Um, so yeah, the, like AJ Brown, Jamar Chase would not be surprised if they hit like the 15% mark, but I don't think they're going to creep much higher than that. I think that'll be more exclusive to DraftKings too, just because yes. of that, that, you know, just the way that they've laid their pricing out, you know, it, it's more conducive, you know, you're going to like what you see in, in the full lineup perspective with that Joe Burrow stack more there than you will somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, I, there's more ways to get some of the more obvious plays into stacks elsewhere. Whereas on DraftKings, I think you'll see uh, a little bit more of a lean towards that double stack here in Cincinnati. And you mentioned the price tags. That's what makes that possible. Um, LaVisca Chenault is a name I want to mention here because it stands out to me as the only one that's not really obvious in terms of, well, I'll just say this. People aren't like falling over themselves to get Jacksonville normally. And we already mentioned playing James Robinson. Can we really have a couple of high owned Jaguars here? Or is this Chenault ownership uh, maybe a couple points too high? What do you think? Hmm. We got 12%, by the way, if you're not watching the screen share. Yeah, I th- it's probably pretty accurate. I, I do think like we don't have Robinson. I think Robinson was around 16%. Um, it, it checks out to me. I do think the, the one thing, like I think LaVisca Chanel's a fine play this week. Um, and I, I do like this Tennessee defense is not good. So I, I'm completely fine taking Jaguars in the spot. Uh, the one thing I will mention is like people are taking a look at LaVisca's dot. Oh, he's got a role change with DJ Chark. Uh, no, he didn't see role change. He, he got a long catch on a broken play um, <laughs> yeah. that was thrown up as a prayer and he caught it. Like th- this, his role is the same. He's going to be a low dot guy. He's going to get targets, which, Hey, that happens to be a good thing on DraftKings where you get the PPR. Um, he's going to get targets. He's got okay. Touchdown equity. He's a big guy. Um, so like, again, I think he's a, a fine play. Uh, just don't go expecting, you know, multiple long receptions out of LaVisca in this one, uh, unless he just breaks it after the catch. Um, I would expect more somewhere along the lines of like a six, eight, six for 80 yards and a touchdown or something is what's going to get you there. All right, let's get into the tight end position. The tight end position is full of cheap guys. And if you like shows where you can hear somebody historically hate cheap tight end plays more than he should, you can like and subscribe this podcast, listen to it every single week, because over the years, I have faded some of the very best cheap chalk to my own detriment, like Will Disley chalk week, like, uh, you know, you know what, uh, Donald Parham chalk week. Uh, you know, I, I've definitely had my fair share of times where I've hated on the cheap chalk. I think this week I'm going to try my best to get up to Darren Waller, even though he'll be fairly popular as it stands. But there's just, there's just something about Ricky Seals Jones that irks me as far as trying to get him in here against New Orleans. Am I going to be crying yet again, Tuttle? It looks like he's going to be pretty popular on DraftKings. What, what, do, what do you think? He's going to be popular, and I'm completely okay not playing him. Um, this is kind of the same thing. Uh, who was the guy that I was talking about who I mentioned this about? Um, Damian Williams. Almost the same thing. Is We assume that you know an injury happens and this guy's going to jump into a full workload. We saw it last week, right? But there's a difference between – who you have on your active roster on a week-to-week basis. There's a difference on who's ready to, to go into an expanded role once an injury happens. So they, they've had a week to plan. 
Um, I would not expect nearly 100% of the routes run for Ricky Seals-Jones this week. Like, I think he's going to see a heavy role. Um, I, like, he's a fine play for his price tag. But am I going to be shocked if he scores five points or less? No, not at all. So at, at, ex, at expected high ownership, completely fine going elsewhere. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher to get off of Evan Ingram's uh, yes. bandwagon here at 3.2. So I'd rather pay the 700 bucks to get the guy who's actually shown to be pretty good at times. I guess I should say at times, right? Because lately, right. We're, we're, what's happened to this man? Uh, this used to be someone who we were thinking was going to be, you know, almost a wide receiver at the tight end position, right? Or at least someone who could get out there and do a lot of damage in the passing game. We haven't seen it in quite some time. He's getting booed by the fans. So are we going to see another game in which Evan Ingram is booed uh, this time by the Dallas fans, but uh, nonetheless, not someone who has inspired a lot of confidence with his play. Is he worth the popularity? See the, I'm with you. I think he is a significantly better player than Ricky Seals Jones. But the thing is like, are we going off of past? Are we going off of history too much? Um, But I I do think he's a significantly better play. Like we've seen him used um, in ways that I would not expect Ricky Seals Jones to be used. Um, So I do, I do think he's worth the popularity. He is my favorite point per dollar tight end play pretty easily on, on DraftKings. Yeah. Guys like no Ross Dwelly is going to replace uh, George Kittle in San Francisco. He's only 2.7, and I think he scored last week. I, I swear to God, I saw this guy. Yeah, he scored last week, but that was his only target. So I don't know if we can expect or, or guarantee anything close to a one target for 21 yards and touchdown performance. We'd take it at 2.7, but are you feeling the same kind of love for Dwelly, knowing that he's going to be the main guy? Um, No, I mean – you can't put him in the, nearly the same role, obviously, as, as Kittle. That's completely obvious. Um, he, he's kind of fine. Like he, He's a touchdown-dependent play. If he scores a touchdown, you're happy. Uh, if he doesn't, you're looking at under five points. Kind of, kind of the same as Ricky Seals-Jones, basically. I, I will say I do prefer Ricky Seals-Jones over Ross Dwell. I would expect Seals-Jones to have more potential upside as an actual passing weapon than I would Dwelly. There's two other cheap guys that I think are deserving of discussion here on this week. Jared Cook is 3.6 on DraftKings. Cameron Brait is 3.3. Fantasy point projections for both these guys look pretty good. Uh, I think we're a little bit hotter on Cook than, than some other spots, but uh, Cameron Brait certainly got the Tom Brady connection here. Do you like either of these guys as pivots at slightly lower ownership? Um, Fine. Meh. Kind of. Like, I, neither excite me. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the story of all these guys down here, right? It's exact, exactly same story. You're open for a touchdown. If you don't get it, you're looking at single digit points. It's, it's kind of what the tight end position is when you don't have Travis Kelsey on it. Um, Darren Waller is the sole exception basically this week of the guys that could actually act like break the slate, break the slate with 30, 30 more points or something like that. That's, that's Darren Waller. That's the only guy TJ Hawkinson would be the next tier for me is, is potential. Uh, but again, he's dealing with an injury. He is, seems to be legitimately questionable. Um, but other than Waller or Hawkinson, it's you play a guy, you hope for a touchdown. If you don't get it, you're whatever. Dalton Schultz uh, has been doing some slate breaking of his, the zone, he's 4.4 here. I don't know if I call it slate breaking, but he's certainly been getting production. Uh, 26, that's a definite slate breaker here. 
for for Dalton Schultz. So, you know, is this price tag going up going to push his ownership down the way we have it projected? I think so. Yes, um, and just the other cheap options at this position, I think will will definitely lower the ownership. That could be, an, if you want to make this Dallas stack, that could be an interesting way to try to do it and get a little bit different. Uh, you're, you're certainly fighting that headwind of, you know, performed well lately, which is usually something you want to try to get away from. If you're, you know, if the the guy's been scoring a lot of fantasy points, that's usually going to attract a lot of ownership, but the price tag went up and that's going to negate that. So Schultz uh, certainly is still viable on DraftKings, certainly on the other sites where you don't, I don't think it'd be very popular at all. So that leaves basically just Noah Fant as like a, like a decently high owned option, right? Like we're, you know, we're, we never have that many options that are any good at tight end to play, but you, you mentioned Waller other than, than him is, is Fant the only other guy that's going to get 5% owned. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I don't see anybody. I, I, I guess I should say Gusecki would be the other guy potentially, right? Like Devonte Parker, oh, yeah. Um, Devonte Parker seems is I think I don't know I don't know if he's out or crushable at this point. Devonte Parker I think it's out. <laughs> um, I haven't seen an update on that, but uh, like they don't have anybody to throw the ball to. Uh, it's going to be Waddle and Gasecki getting ten plus targets probably. So Gasecki would be the guy like I'm okay with from a target standpoint, and I do think the projected target share will push Gasecki's ownership up a little bit. So not really much to speak of below that. Those are any picks we have. They're going to be in the low owned segment here. Let's get on to defenses on DraftKings significantly different yet again than the other sites as far as what defenses should be expected to be popular because DraftKings doesn't have this weird, you know, condensation of pricing a defense. You know, they can actually price the Buccaneers at 4.7 and especially the Patriots at 4.9. Boy, can we, can we have a moment of silence for Davis Mills, Tuttle? I mean, this guy so is bad. just – he has nothing to work with. And it's just week after week of, like, what, what seems like a torture for this young guy. I mean, this guy doesn't have he, – he, he didn't even have a chance in preseason, let alone against the Patriots defense this week. So, certainly on FanDuel, you're going to find the Patriots as a highly owned team. On DraftKings, though, 4.9, I think they're going to be low. Tell me, how, how are you getting to the Patriots at 4.9? See, I do kind of wish you mentioned DraftKings pricing is a bit more dynamic. I, I do wish they lowered that ceiling a little bit and maybe brought them more towards like the 4K range than the upper 4Ks because um, it's just so hard to justify paying up. Um, with that said, pretty easily can see it. You can pay up here to be contrarian and you get two really good options. Um, I think I slightly prefer the Bucks um, over the Patriots. Uh, Davis Mills is terrible. Jacoby Brissett's terrible. Jacoby Brissett loves to get sacked. Uh, Tampa Bay can bring the pressure. Uh, they have been terrible this year because they allow a lot in, in the receiving game. Uh, but you don't really have to worry about that a whole lot when Jacoby Brissett's the opposing quarterback and he doesn't have a whole lot of people to throw to. Um, so I do, I do slightly prefer Buccaneers have taken a shot at one of these teams. Um, but again, clearly 1.8% for the Patriots, 1.9% projected ownership for the Buccaneers pay up to be contrarian for sure. It's time for the chalkiest thing ever title. And that thing is advertisements on podcasts. Like and subscribe to the Roto-Grinders YouTube channel. Follow us on the daily fantasy football podcast feed, and you can get all the shows that we are putting out there each and every week, including some with Mr. Tuttle 05, including some with Blender HD, all the guys over here at Roto-Grinders putting out some great content, content for you on the YouTube channel and the podcast feed. 
get on over there, like, and subscribe right now. Okay. Speaking of the shock, Washington football team on DraftKings is 2.3. Eagles are 2.2. If you run your optimizer right now with those two teams, you're going to get a lot of them. How easy is it for you to press the X button on these guys? Or is, is the roster construction aid you're getting with this low price too much for you to pass up? It's pretty tough to pass up. Um, if I'm not, if I am passing it up, I'm just going up to the Raiders who we then have as listed as the, the fourth highest uh, projected ownership. Um, I will say it will be interesting to see because I'm, I'm definitely biased towards the Washington football team and think somehow they can still salvage a decent defense. I don't know. They've been terrible, um, especially against the pass. I will say that's potentially in their favor this week. Jameis is just not throwing the ball. They don't trust him to throw the ball. Uh, he's looked fine when they throw the ball, but they haven't very often. Um, so I will be interested. Like I see Washington football team. I still have previous biases thinking they're actually a pretty decent defense, but I'll be interested to see if the general public has quit on them being a, a good defense. Yeah, I, I have not myself. I, I think that, you know, a couple of tougher matchups here uh, on the cards with Buffalo and the Chargers. Uh, Atlanta and New York Giants are certainly – there are spots you would have expected something from them, really, in my opinion. So that's been a little bit disappointing. But I think this is a situation against Jameis Winston where you can you can tell me they're going to run the Taysom Hill uh, off tackle as much as you want. I still think that there's some opportunity for mistakes to be made here uh, by this particular quarterback. So I think you're live at 2.3. I don't, I don't think there's that much, much more you can ask for than a defense we thought was going to be one of the best in the league at a bargain basement price. Speaking of the Saints, I don't think they're too bad at 3.1. They're going to be pretty popular on this slate. And the Raiders, uh, Justin Fields out there having a tough time so far. Raiders played a little bit above expectation on defense. I think that's a situation where we're going to see some ownership, but I think that's for good reason on DraftKings where the price uh, is a little bit uh, easier to stomach. And then last defense I want to mention here, the Pittsburgh Steelers facing the Denver Broncos. Uh, I, I don't know. I have, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to get the job done here on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, Denver missing, uh, the, you know, they could be, is, is Cortland Sutton going to play title? That's one thing that I want to make sure that I get a grasp around because if he's out, geez. Uh, this yeah, is he really was downgraded and then bridge water kind of seems like he's trending in the right direction. Unfortunately for, for Pittsburgh. Yeah. You, I think you'd prefer to see Drew Locke here, but either way, I still think Pittsburgh's a pretty good play even with Bridgewater in there. I, I just don't think they're going to have a lot to offer on offense. That's really the bottom line. All right. Any other takes here on defenses or can we get into the low owned picks where you can give us the winners? We can go low owned picks. All right, buddy, let's go. We've got quarterback position. Uh, it's, you know, this is a place where if you go to RG premium, you can get Tuttle's opinions on low owned options in the grind down. You can get uh, various other people's opinions on the low owned plays of the week. But for this segment, you're going to hear absolutely free of charge on this YouTube channel, Tuttle and I's terrible picks for players. We'll, we'll call it under, you know, 5% at quarterback, under 8% at the other positions. Go ahead and give me the best quarterback play and those parameters. Yeah, I'll give you two real quick at QB that are going to be. Don't I take mine. I think they're going to be fairly popular stack candidates, uh, which could drive ownership up a little bit. And then I'll give you one little bit lower owned but the first two would be just Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow uh we talked about Burrow already uh with his you know T Higgins and Jamar Chase being excellent options on DraftKings uh Cousins is a little bit more difficult just because Justin Jefferson's price tag is getting up there um 
but I do think with Dalvin Cook being limited, they'll just continue to throw the ball a little bit more often. Uh, the low owned guy, the real low owned guy that I would be semi interested in is uh, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if it's just a thing where I just keep chasing Ryan Tannehill, but should have AJ Brown in the back this week. Um, even just doing a skinny stack with, with AJ Brown, I think is fine. Or if you want to throw Ferk Daddy in there too, uh, we didn't mention him at the tight end position, uh, but that's a pretty low cost stack for decent upside and, and good leverage off of uh, Henry as well. Okay, good. You you weren't. I, by the way, I liked both of those options quite a bit. Um, Tannehill, especially, is going to be like one percent. I know. Although I, you know, I, I want to try to make some Tannehill teams, uh, and I really want by the kind of teams I was getting this week, as far as my selection here is concerned, uh, the, the guys the team that I like the best in terms of like really trying to get like an, an outsized upside as compared to the total roster is, is Derek Carr. Um, because I can get that Darren Waller in the tight end position going, and then I can maybe just try to gamble on one of those other couple of wide receivers out there and to make a double stack with a bring back that I'll talk about a little bit later for the bears. I'm thinking that Derek Carr who has thrown for pretty good amount of yardage this, this year, the bears defense total, has played some pretty rotten opponents. So I'm not ready yet to crown them as a, any kind of a threat in terms of stopping uh, the passing game here for the Raiders. And I, you know, I just don't have a lot of faith uh, that uh, they're going to be able to be stopped here. And if, if I can get that outsized performance here with three or four touchdowns from Carr at 6,100, I'd be feeling pretty good about the rest of my team around them. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to play some Derek Carr this week. Any, anything else you want to mention here at quarterback? No, I think we're good. All right, let's get into the running back position where it's a little bit tougher to find good guys under the 8% mark. Did you find anyone this week? Um, yes, I, I wouldn't say I'm like strongly, strongly into these guys. I will get my one take out of the way. Um, probably not actionable. I mentioned it on the Swellcast, and I honestly haven't followed news up closely enough to see if this is even a possibility. Um, but the non-actionable take that I have is that you want to check Patriots active list before this game starts uh, because Damien Harris might be semi-popular. If you see Ramondre Stevenson active, that should scare you a little bit um, yeah. because it would not be surprising to see like a Jonas Gray for touchdown oh, game no. type of thing out of Ramondre Stevenson. I'm saying that in the sense that you you're still probably not playing Ramondre Stevenson. Um, but I would not be surprised if he just randomly came in and, and you know, stole the show out of from Damien Harris. Yeah, so um, for, the, for those of you who are, no, who are not old, Jonas Gray was a player who came in to a game, I, I think it was like Blunt at the time. There was, a, there was another Patriots back yeah. that people were, was really super popular. And Jonas Gray came in, unex, nobody even knew who the hell he was. And he ran for like 200 yards and four touchdowns. And it was, it, it was well, obviously something to remark because he pretty much ruined the chalk out of nowhere. And Ramon J. Stevenson is basically that exact guy, except he's good. So, yep. you know, you see Ramon Stevenson, you might want to question your Damian Harris love. Who do you, who else you got here at running back? Yeah. Um, oh, the Jonas Gray thing was so funny too. Cause I think that's like, he, he showed up late for the bus or something and then didn't play in <laughs> another game after that. Um, <clears throat> the other two that I want to mention real quick, one I'm mentioning mostly cause I'm really, really intrigued about how this goes down and this matchup goes down. Um, Nick Chubb. Chargers versus, Chargers versus Cleveland. I'm very intrigued to see if the Chargers are actually bad against the one run and don't have the personnel to, to stop it, or if it's just like that's how they've game planned to start the season. And I think it's more a schematic thing. I think they've game planned to, hey, not let 
Patrick Mahomes beat us type of thing um, where I think that they could actually be a lot better than the four five point zero two yards per carry they're along this season. But there is the off chance that they're actually bad against stopping the run. And if that's the case, this could be a Nick Chubb spot. Um, so he's one guy that I wanted to mention. The other guy that kind of like I had a light bulb moment was when I was writing up the San Francisco 49ers and that's Eli Mitchell. Um, yeah, that was my guy. I'm sorry to steal it from you. He, no, it's he's cool. super, he's just super intriguing. It's because it's like, they didn't really like Trey Sermon. Um, Mitchell had a, a huge role in week two. Like he was going to be the guy from San Francisco, got the injury. If he returns to being the guy, for San Francisco, he's a smash play and he's going to be 1%, 2%, 3% owned, whatever. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of did Sermon do enough to convince him that he's not completely incompetent and can steal some carries? I don't know the answer to that, which is why Mitchell's like a risky play, but the upside's there for sure. This athleticism is off the charts, right? And if you go look at what this offense looked like with Mostert, who is also very fast and athletic, uh, what, what this offense looks like with Trey Lance when they when they get the run game going, good lord, can a back go off? Because you have to account for that guy. Trey Lance can absolutely do damage to, with his legs. There's no possible way you can sit there on those read options and just ignore the threat of the quarterback running, and that can make possible huge openings for someone like Mitchell. And of course, when you have explosive athleticism, you can take it to the house. So that's really the thing that's really a threat here for a guy like Mitchell at 5.2 is there's some definite explosion capability. So I'm right with you there at the running back position. He's, he's not going to be that owned and that's possibly a mistake by the field. If he gets one of those big plays. Okay. Wide receiver position. Give me one of your favorites. Honestly, pretty boring takes overall here. Um, if we extend to, to below 8%, then Deandre Hopkins is the guy that I'll talk Um, Obviously has not been great. Hasn't had the market share that we've thought he would have, uh, but I still think he's one of the most talented players in the league. It's only a matter of time before he has a monster game. Uh, so Hopkins will be my little one guy here. Okay, Adam Thielen is my more boring take here. Uh, you're not going to see him with tremendously high ownership and we're going against the Detroit Lions Tuttle. I don't think that we're really that scared by what they've been putting up there in terms of a defense this season. We know that you know, we, Dalvin Cook, we didn't even mention, by the way, in the entire show. Uh, not necessarily at full health. If he is going to go here, then it's, you know, there's, there's some, there's some chance they're going to have to dial up the passing game. And if they have to dial up the passing game here, Thielen is going to be the lower owned option between him and Justin Jefferson, at least in my opinion, just based on their recent performances. And I would expect that Thielen has a chance to do something like he did week number one, get up there into the twenties or the thirties, which is really what we're looking for to try to win a tournament. Uh, give me another take here at wide receiver. Wide receiver, I also had written down like a Mike Evans, if you want to go with the Tampa Bay passing attack as opposed to the rushing attack. Marvin well, Jones What about Jr. wide receiver cornerback matchups? Are, yeah, are, right? are you afraid of Xavier Howard? <laughs> I'm I'm so afraid. Um, and I, I do think, you no, know, I, I do prefer like the Leonard Fournette side of that game. But from, I think the whole passing attack in general for Tampa Bay could go a bit overlooked here. Yeah, you were going to say another name there? Uh, I was just going to say Marvin Jones Jr., potential leverage oh, yeah. off of uh, off of Vizca. He has been the better of the two to start the season. And then Brandon Ayuk would be the other guy. I, I would not be surprised if Ayuk did get a little bit of ownership with the Trey Lance pairings just because he's so cheap. Um, like the production wasn't there, but he's still clearly in the wide receiver two role now for them. Um, so I, I, I do like Ayuk as well. 
Hey, is, is Allen Robinson going to be like 6% owned or 5% owned or something like we have it right now? Is that really going to happen? If, because I like I don't that think, a lot. I would say lower. I have seen yeah, nothing yeah. about him. I He's been terrible. I would say lower. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, the, you, you want to try to find a guy who can get up into that 24, 25 plus DraftKings points who's not going to have any ownership, then go ahead and get Allen Robinson. He's going to be my bring back in that Derek Carr stack for sure. And then, um, you know, so, you know, getting the Thielen and Allen Robinson uh, team uh, s- sounds pretty good to me as far as trying to get low ownership and high upside. Uh, I don't want to build the whole team for you, but man, it's going to be looking pretty good to me. Uh, anyone else you got here at wide receiver? I, you know, I could name four or five other guys here, but the, you know, those are the guys that are the most attractive to me right now. Yeah, I got nothing. The only the only thing I would add is like the field in general is going to be so short on the Bears after last week, um, and f- even Fields and Robinson. Like, cue it up. Um, we've seen one game out of him. We, N- yes, sure. Nagy's an idiot, but like maybe he unleashes them a little bit now. Maybe he doesn't have a choice. Like last week, he actually had a choice. They were playing with a lead. Maybe that maybe that doesn't happen this week. Yeah, don't play Nelson Aguilar, but but also you know play Nelson Aguilar. If you're like me, all right. <laughs> uh, tight end position. I, I got nothing here. Uh, tight, tight end's a little bit difficult. I mean, if, if I had to go ahead and say that there was like a, you know, a lower owned guy that fits the bill. I mean, Komet is, I mean, he's due, right? 2.7. I chase him so much. Um, so I, I'm on board. Um, I do. I have three takes here. Uh, but I will say just in general as a, as a rule of, of thumb in terms of game theory here, like we talked about it a lot. Waller is the guy that can break the slate after him throw darts. So if you're seeing a guy that's high, highly owned, throw your darts elsewhere. Um, Robert Tunyon, hopefully you get a touchdown or two out of him. Uh, I touted him last week. He did shit, uh, but he saw seven targets. Like that's good for Robert Tunyon. Uh, if he converts those into two touchdowns, you're looking good. TJ Hawkinson. I love TJ Hawkinson. If he was healthy, don't know if that's going to be the case. Need to keep an eye on an actives actives tomorrow and reports. And the other guy that I'm going to throw out there, I was actually com- extremely surprised to see this guy. I had a tag in lineup HQ at RG um, buy him for must be sharp or he, he got to it before me, Dan Arnold. Um, like, okay, I'm, I'm down with this. Um, yeah, we have targets to go around. We didn't see a whole lot of Arnold last week, but that was because he was, you know, getting used to a new team. And what we saw of him were actually designed plays to get him the ball. Right. We saw, I think, I think he got two screens in that game. Um, so like he's athletic. Yeah, he's from UW Platteville. Yay. Go Platteville. Go, go Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, they were designing and trying to get him the ball. And if that's the case again for 2,900, I would say his upside is probably higher than a lot of these other guys that we're looking at, like a Ricky Seals Jones type of thing. You know, it's a situation where you go to the bar with a bunch of ugly dudes, and then all of a sudden you're looking pretty good because you look at the rest of those tight ends on the Jaguars and Dan Arnold. I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, yeah. they had Tim Tebow out there for a little while in, in Jacksonville this summer. So definitely a situation where he's the best dressed pig at the ball in the Jacksonville tight end room. The matchup's not prohibitive, and that is the reason why Eric Bineform has tagged him on RG Premium and the reason why Tuttle has selected him here on the ownership report. Speaking of, that's going to do it this week, Tuttle. We're done. Best of luck in your contest and best of luck of all the contests for everyone watching and listening out there. For RotoGrinders.com, I'm Chris Gimino. Go out there and win something.